Right, all right. It's Real Life, Real Equity with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. We're super excited about our guest today. Our guest today is no stranger to the marketing world. Uh, One of the guys that I've been following for quite some time. And this is a special one for us today. We are celebrating episode 50. And the special guest that we have today just tops it off for us. So he is the man who now teaches independent service professionals how to sell more of their products or services in a month than they do all year long. At one point, he was a struggling entertainer a mentalist to be precise. He discovered the power of sales and marketing and his business skyrocketed from three shows a month to an averaging of 25 shows a month in less than 90 days. Other entrepreneurs took notice and started asking him for his advice because he knew he could make a bigger impact on people's lives as a coach, consultant, and speaker. His new business was born. He has shared the stage with Barbara Corcoran, Brian Tracy, Emmett Smith, Dan Kennedy, Tom Hopkins, Penn Jillette, Peter Gubber, and other luminaries at some of the world's largest events for entrepreneurs. He divides his time between speaking, conducting his own seminars and workshops, and consulting audiences and individuals on selling their products and services via speaking, webinars, and one-to-one selling. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm round of applause for our guest today, Mr. Dave B. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So let's start off a little bit about your journey. I know a little bit about your story only because I followed you for now the last at least three years. Yeah. Um, so talk to our audience about who Dave D is. Well, we'll get you caught up. Now, I'm not going to tell my entire you know, life story because that'd just be too long. But, but let's start when I was eight years old, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so not birth, but eight. That's fine. <laughs> but actually, it did start when I was eight because when I was eight years old, I got for Christmas a little magic set, a little toy magic set for my grandmother. And I fell in love with uh, magic. And I knew when I was eight that that's what I wanted to do for a living. It wasn't a passing thing. I mean, it was a burning desire when I was eight. And my parents thought it was kind of cute when I was eight. However, when I was 18, uh, you know, (laughs) they really really didn't think it was so cute anymore. I got a lot of, uh, my parents are awesome, right? But they're very, very traditional. So I got a lot of negative programming. You can't do that. You're not going to be able to make a living. You know, you're not going to make enough money. You have to get a real job. And so I, you know, took in all of that programming and I went to University of Massachusetts, got a job in radio advertising sales, uh, really hated that. And uh, then moved to Atlanta where I got a job, which took me, got me a little bit closer uh, to my dream, which was working at a company called uh, Magic Masters, which was a magic shop. But it was interesting because we didn't sell magic tricks to magicians. These were beautiful stores and high-end hotels in Atlanta. Basically, what I did is I learned to sell overpriced magic tricks to unsuspecting conventioneers. So, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what the job was. So that's where I really started to learn to get up in front of people and not only entertain them, but draw a crowd and then speak to sell. Because we did a demonstration, then we'd sell the, the tricks afterwards. 
And I enjoyed that job for a little while, but I wasn't making any money doing it. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's something I always wanted to do. So my friend and I, who was a chef, opened up a magic cart in the mall or at Christmas time. And he had no experience or doing magic or anything like that. But I made more money in the three months that we had the, the cart open or the two and a half months in the mall than I made previously working at that other job. And I'm like, man, I'm an entrepreneurial genius, right? This, right. this entrepreneurial <laughs> stuff is easy. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Now, a, a smart person, a smart man would then say, okay, well, let's see if we could sustain this uh, outside of the Christmas season. Or you know, let's open up another one and see if it can work. No, not Dave, not Dave D. Dave decides to buy a karate school. I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, with the profits that we had, I bought a karate school. And now I did think I was fully qualified because I had six months of karate training under my belt. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this was an absolute, yeah, this was an absolute disaster. Uh, my friend uh, who was the chef came to that business with me. And when we bought it, um, we discovered that it was over $30,000 in back rent, which we uh, assumed. We didn't have an attorney when we signed the papers. And we also discovered that they sold all the paper, meaning they sold all the contracts to an outside company. So we had to service all of the students and we weren't getting any income. Um, It was one of the worst times of my life. I was literally making no money. And when I say no money, I mean I was making no money at all. And fortunately, we got out of that. And now I had a choice to make. Was I going to get a real job? Or by the way, at this point, I was $80,000 in debt. Jesus. Yeah, and no job. Oh, and I failed to mention, I found out my my wife was pregnant with our first child. And so I had to make a decision. What was I going to do? Was I going to finally live this dream? Because I kept skirting around it all my life. Or or was I going to get a regular job? And I knew if I got a regular job, that would be it, right? That dream right. would die. And and to me, having a regular job felt like prison. I mean, it really, it really did. And so anyway, I thought I needed motivation, right? right. <laughs> I thought I needed motivation. So I went to a big success rally motivational seminar. These were seminars that I used to go around, and they still do a little bit, where they have a, a bunch of key, big name speakers. The late General Norman Schwarzkopf was a key speaker, and Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister, and then everyone else in between the 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 big name speakers were people up there selling stuff. Wow. And, wow. Okay. And the last guy in the program, the very very last guy after the big keynote speaker, when everyone is getting up to leave, like literally people are pouring out of the arena, was this guy by the name of Dan Kennedy. And I never heard of Dan Kennedy ever in my you know. And so I get up to leave, right? Because I'm motivated. I think that's what yeah. I need. And Dan <laughs> says, "You might as well sit down because you're just going to get caught in Atlanta traffic and listen to what I have to say." So I did. And I started taking notes furiously as he talked about this thing about marketing. This is the missing piece because what I've been taught, which almost every entrepreneur has been taught, is that if you just get really good at your craft, right? If you're just really good, if you're the best at what you do, you're going to be successful. And unfortunately, that's not reality. Uh, And it hit me. I need this whole marketing thing. I I don't know how to market myself. I don't know how to sell myself. Right. Yep. And so I invested in the program that he was selling, and it had nothing to do with how to book magic shows, by the way. Nothing. And, <laughs> uh, but it, it was a step in the right direction. And I, I really got into marketing, and I started implementing a lot of stuff. And most of it was bad, right? It just wasn't great marketing. But I was out there doing it. So the bottom line is, um, once I got into sales and marketing, I went from doing three shows a month 
to averaging 25 shows a month in less than 90 days. In my wow. fourth month, I did 57 shows. Uh, in a year, I had paid off all $80,000 worth of debt. I had bought a new house. I had bought a new car. I was living my childhood dream. And it was just an amazing, unbelievable turnaround. And then wow. I got really hooked on the marketing part of it. That turned into be the fun part of it for me. Booking the shows, right? Yeah. I'm like, right, well, I'm right. gonna go out and do these things, right? It was really fun to, to book them. And then what happened is I started getting invited to go speak at entrepreneurial conferences and uh, tell my story. So I went and started telling my story. I started selling my own products. And then business owners started asking me, you know, hey, can you help me? With, with my business because a smart business owner understood that my was no different than any other business, right? I had to generate leads as an entertainer. I had to close sales. I had to deliver the service. I needed to get referrals and repeat, but it's the same thing, right? It was right. just, I was selling a different service, but that was the only difference in the thing. And so, so that really started me on the path to where I am now, which is really helping business owners sell more of their products or services. You know, our unique selling proposition uh, is that we can help business owners sell more products or services in a month than they now do all year based upon my specialty, which is one-to-many selling, which yeah. is selling in, in mass, right? So getting yeah. up and speaking to sell or uh, doing a webinar online. Anytime where you're, where you're selling your product or service or your ideas in front of a group of people as opposed to one-to-one. And so that, that's the story. And uh, wow. it, 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 I love telling it because it still amazes me, to be honest with you. You know, from eight years old to actually living the dream to where I am now, it's just been incredible. I've been extremely blessed. Wow. And, you know, I, uh, I always tell people there's a special relationship that I have gained from learning from Dan Kennedy, learning from you. And one of the things that I, I constantly tell other people is, Dan Kennedy and even you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, are influencers of the influencers. We all know about Russell Brunson. We all know about ClickFunnels. We all know about these big name speakers. But when I hear their, their presentations, all I can think of is Dave D and Dan Kennedy. Yeah. Was, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I learned a lot from Dan, mostly on the marketing and speaking to sell in the one to many sell. I learned from many, many different people and really incorporated a lot I used to do as a, as a mentalist and as a magician into it. So I teach a lot of stuff, but yeah, but thank you very much. But in the, th the truth is we're all influenced by somebody else. Dan and I were uh, both influenced by uh, Jim Rohn right before us. And, and Tony Robbins was influenced by Jim Rohn. And so, but oftentimes it is good to go back to, uh, you know, the, the source of things for sure. Absolutely. Right. And that, uh, that actually brings up a really good point because uh, one of our mutual good friends, Kyle Wilson, uh, was Jim Rohn's 18 year business partner. So I know you know who Kyle Wilson is, right? Oh, I do. I've, I've talked to Kyle. I talked to Kyle a number of times. You know what I love about Kyle and Jim Rohn? And in fact, I was just listening to an old Zig Ziglar recording this morning is just how authentic they are. This is going in a different direction than any podcast interview I've ever done. But it, it seems to me that that authenticity is missing. Yes. Uh, yeah. In, in a lot of today's quote gurus. Yep. Right? There's, there seems to be a lot of posturing and a lot of folks who, are, who I call aren't the real deal. Right. And so it's really important that you find people who are, are the real deal and not just people who appear to be the real deal. 
because there's a lot of that out there. And it's, and it's really troublesome to me because it gives the whole industry a, a really bad name. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Like 100%. We actually uh, just did a podcast uh, last week about this, just talking about the different types of quote unquote gurus, the right. posturing out there. It's good. Like we hear a lot about the why. Yeah. I'm big on the why. I'm really big on the why. But when you trust the wrong person with your why, it could be really damaging to who you want to become. Right. So that's why it's so important to really find the authentic people, which is why, you know, this conversation we're having today is so important to our audience. If you want authenticity, you need to find people who are willing to give you the reality behind what it is that they're, they're offering. And so yeah. one of the reasons um, I was so excited about coming on your podcast is just because of that premise is telling the truth. Yeah. That yes. it's not all that, hey, listen, guess what? I'm not working, uh, no disrespect, but I'm not working the four-hour work week, right? I'm working my yeah. ass off. And I yeah. like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. And I like what I do. Do I love it every single day? Of course not. But every day is better than working for somebody else. I'll tell you that. A hundred percent. But the whole authenticity thing is so, so important. And the reason it, it, it angers me so much is because these, quote, gurus take your money. They take people's money, right? And a, a yeah. lot of people who invest in them can't afford it or they really need it to work. But the other thing is they steal their dream yeah. because so the person diligently goes through the person's program and doesn't get results and they do everything. And it's because the program's not real or the person's mm. not real, right? They've made their money teaching other people how to make money based upon something that they read even though they've never really done it themselves. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. We we actually just talked about that too. If the person is not doing their own teaching, I would run the opposite direction for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. based on their own experience, for sure. So you seem confident now. This obviously wasn't always the case. Talk to us a little bit about what transitioned you from being the eight-year-old Dave D to now the one-to-many, I would say, authority on one-to-many speaking. Yeah, I thought you were going to say the very old Dave D. <laughs> I, was, I was like, where is he going with that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so it's, it, that is such a great question. And since this is all about real life, I'll tell you, um, it really, I bounced around between different things. So I started out creating an information product for other entertainers, right? And it kind of spoiled me because it was a success right out of the gate. And again, it was kind of like the first time in fact, I've never made this analogy before, but when I opened that magic cart in the mall selling magic tricks, overpriced magic tricks, unsuspecting moms for Christmas, <laughs> I, you know, I, it, was, it, it was successful and I thought everything was going to be successful. So when I got into information marketing and I sold you know, a course to other entertainers, it was a success right off the bat. And I said, man, again, I'm a genius. And I... I hadn't had, I, it took me a long time to have that kind of success again. And so I bounced around to different things. And here is the biggest mistake I made for people who are, who are going to be in, in coaches or consultants or information marketers or really anything is not being true to my authentic self. Right. So, mm. okay. So for example, for, for a while, I was just kind of teaching stuff you know, that I use in my business, but it was kind of Kennedy stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I was teaching that. And then blogging was hot. And so I started teaching blogging. Now I was doing blogging. So I was always doing the stuff that I was teaching. But here's the most important part. 
I was never truly the definitive expert. I truly felt that I was the person, right? Mm, Yeah. Uh, And it wasn't until, uh, this is completely honest, until a number of years ago, probably about four or five years ago, when I said, you know what? My real, where I am 100% confident I can help anybody on the planet is in speaking. Uh, Mm. Particularly speaking to sell. Not speaking to motivate people and get applause. That's easy. Getting someone to take out their credit card is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Right? Or get someone to buy into your idea right? To take action. That's also another form of selling. I'm not interested in motivation, right? And going out and teaching that, right? That's easy. I can teach anybody to get a standing ovation. Uh, I said, but it wasn't until I really truly embraced what my unique gift was and realized that honestly, I have a very narrow area where I am excellent in, where I am top notch. Outside of that area, there's some things that I'm good at, right? And some things yeah, I could teach, and then outside of that, there are things that I'm not good at that I should never even touch. But inside this very narrow area, I believe I'm the best in the world at it. And that's not arrogant. Arrogance is thinking I'm great at everything, which I definitely don't. And just ask my wife. She'll tell you. Um, that is, <laughs> ask me to fix anything in the house. And it's a, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. It's a nightmare. I changed light bulbs the other day. I'm not, this is not a joke. I changed light bulbs in a fan, and I thought I accomplished like the greatest thing I'm in the. On the <laughs> my neighbor's making a deck outside. You know, I'm like. So, I think that the message to everybody is you. You absolutely need to embrace who you truly are, and what yes. your true gifts are. What are your true gifts? And I'm not a new age mumbo jumbo kind of guy, but it's true. When, when I embraced that, and I and I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to share. This is how I'm going to help people. That's when things really started to, to take off for me because I could honestly believe. So the, the attitude that I think someone needs to have, and I had it when I was an entertainer. So in the beginning, I, I did um, a lot of kids' birthday party shows as a magician because I, I needed the money and they were easy to book. And then I started booking you know, corporate and doing that kind of stuff. But when I was doing kids shows, if, if you're doing 30 to 50 shows a month, you get really good, right? Right. And so when a mom would call me, my inner attitude would be, if you don't book me, hire me, you're crazy because <laughs> I, I'm the best. Now, right. that would never come out. That Obviously, I would never say that. But that energy mm-hmm. and that confidence and not false confidence, right, from results, actual results, that energy comes across and people want to buy from people who are confident, not arrogant, but confident right. and believe in, in themselves. Because if you don't be- totally believe in the thing that you're selling, whatever it is, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, whether it's an idea, that's going to come across. And it may not come across uh, consciously, but on a subconscious level, your audience, your prospects are going to feel it. So to answer a long-winded answer to your question is <laughs> what things changed for me when I truly, truly, truly focused in on number one, what I was really, really, really good at. And number two, what I really love to do. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really important. There's, there's a couple of key things that you said just in that answer. And one was you said that you weren't just a speaker for motivation, because there's so many new speakers that come about and they're all trying to motivate you to get you to do 
what you need to do, but they're not really pinpointing what it is that you're striving to do. And so you said you were speaking in regards to sales. So that right there was your own niche that made you different in the marketplace. And then the other thing was just was having the confidence to do what it is that you truly knew that you could do in order to make the sale. Yeah. Yeah. And again, uh, most people don't like selling, right? And so, uh, and and the reasons they don't is because they don't understand what it is, right? They think of what's being, what's portrayed in the media as a salesman being this slick talking, manipulative person that's arm twisting. And honestly, a lot of the, even today, a lot of the teachers out there who are teaching selling, they're still teaching those kind of techniques from the, you know, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, right? Right. And that's not what I'm talking about. What selling is, I mean, since I quote, which I mentioned Zig Ziglar later, Zig summed it up purposely when he said that you can get everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. That's what selling is. Selling is helping people get what they want. The other thing that I say, and a little phrase that I coined, is the difference between manipulation and persuasion is intent. So if your intent sells someone a product or service, an idea, a concept that is not going to help them solve their problem, not going to get them an outcome that they desire, not move them closer to their goal, then you're a snake oil salesperson, right? However, if your intent is to help that person solve their problem, get the outcome that they desire, move them closer towards their goal, then it's my belief that you have an obligation, a true, an obligation to close that sale. Because if you don't, you're not helping that individual. And for some businesses, it's a moral obligation. So mm-hmm. I work yeah. with a lot of estate planning attorneys and teaching them how to go and do presentations and webinars and, and things like that. They will all tell me a story about how a client came in or they heard about another estate planner or a client came in, they, they didn't like selling, so they didn't close the sale. The client left without an estate plan, got into a car accident. Now the family is in shambles. Their financiers are in shambles. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that's on the estate planner, right? Because yeah. the person came to you. They said, I need this done. And you didn't close the sale? Come on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and so that's a dramatic example. But if, if people really understood what selling was, which is helping, it's helping. That's what it is. It's helping people solve problems, get what they desire. Man, uh, then, then they would really truly embrace it and want to get great at it. Because again, by getting great at it, uh, they're going to be helping more people and they're going to be making more money. By not being good at it, they're doing a disservice to themselves, their family, their business, and their prospects. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, you know, I can speak to your ability to teach people how to speak to sale because I uh, I remember a a little CD that you were on uh, probably three years ago with uh, Mike Stadola, I think is what his name was. The Jewel. The Jewel. Friend Mike. Yeah. And uh, you taught this very thing. And so when I started like putting together the pieces of one to many selling, I actually used this at a talk and uh, it works. So I'm, I'm only, I'm only saying this to validate exactly what you just said. Not that you need any validation, but to our audience, if you want the real deal, this is the real deal because I've used it over and over and over again to create the transference of feelings that sales is. You know, Um, you just said a mouthful there, my friend. You just said a huge thing. 
it, and you got to, and it would pass by people. Sorry to interrupt you, but no. what you just said is uh, is brilliant. Selling is a transference of feeling. It's a transference of emotion, and that's one of the main things. That's what motivates people. We want to motivate people and for, and to take action. We want to create and then the desire to take action and buy what we have. We exactly. don't want browbeat them and twist their arms and use these tricky. 101 closes and that kind of stuff. No, we want to create a presentation where people are inspired to buy what we are selling because we've done such a great job communicating to them that we can help them, that we have the solution that they're looking for. And so, but it's a transference of emotion. Wow. Yeah. And so it's, it's really interesting to have this kind of dialogue about sales, about presenting one to many. It works one to one very well because I've tried it. And so let's talk about the realities of your life now, like the entrepreneurship. You talked a little bit about it. You said, you know, it's not always fun, but you get it done. You know, I follow you on Facebook. You just went to Iceland a couple of weeks ago. And so talk to me a little bit about the life of Dave B now as an entrepreneur, both uh, the boring stuff, and then the really exciting stuff like going to Iceland and taking vacations and, and doing fun podcasts like this. Yeah, this is, by the way, this is like one of my favorite podcasts that I've done um, because we're going into really a, uh, a deeper level of topic. Most people are just, you know, interviewing me on, okay, so talk about one to many songs. So I'm really, I'm actually loving this, this podcast. Thank you. Well, thank uh, you. You guys are really masterful interviewers, by the way. So, thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. So my life today is pretty darn good. Is it perfect? No. So I have an incredible wife, uh, is my second wife. We've been married for five years, uh, Karen. And another reason that my business really started taking off is that Karen came on uh, full time. Uh, as president of, of, of Dave D Inc. And wow. she really runs the business part of the business. Because remember, I said I'm good at a very narrow area of things. Well, I am not good at finance. I'm just not, right? I can make money, but boy, I can spend it too, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm not good at that. I'm not good at taking stuff and putting it into different categories and, hey, you got to save this amount for taxes and I'll just sell some more, right, to pay for the tax. Not a good way to run a business. So Karen actually (laughs) took over all of that. And not shockingly, our sales have increased because uh, that's what I do, but our profits have increased. Yeah. Yeah. That's what what she does. And she also runs – now, we're a very small company. So I work out of my house. We built a conference room uh, in our house. So we have private – I just had a private client in fly in uh, the other day. Um, and I've got an office uh, in the house, and she has an office in the house as well. And so we, we, we work together, but we have very, very separate roles. And it was funny, in the beginning, it was difficult because I was sticking my fingers in where I shouldn't be, right? Not letting her do her, do her job. And uh, <laughs> so that's, that's a challenge, though, too, working with your spouse, uh, yeah. some levels. But on other levels, it's amazing because we, you know, there's that common interest uh, that we have, which is the business. And so um, I have a pretty, I'm a pretty disciplined um, uh, business owner. So, you know, I'm in the office. I usually get up around uh, 6 a.m. I have a little morning routine that I do. And I, I come into my office and the first thing that I do is I write my daily email. So I send out a daily email, yes, every single day, Monday through Friday to my list and got to give credit where credit is due. I learned that from um, Matt Fury years and years ago, Matt. And 
that could be a whole other podcast talking about emails. We do really, really, really well with emails and they've got to be entertaining and they've got to be fun. But so I write my daily email and then I work on whatever my most important task is for the day. So for example, Tuesday when we're recording this is my call day. So I literally have calls all day. I've got okay. uh, two podcast interviews today. I've got coaching calls today. Any type of call happens today and I don't take calls on the other days, right? And so now I, I blocked off my time to work on the projects that are most important to me, right? right? And most important to moving the business forward. And so, you know, I'm typically working from uh, seven to, you know, four or five. Uh, and as you know, as entrepreneurs, you're, you're it's always working on it. Uh, yep. If there's a big project, I'll, I'll work longer than that. I typically do not work on the weekends. I uh, like to take, uh, on occasion, um, work half a day on Friday. Now, for example, but truth be told, this past Sunday, I have a big thing coming up, a big, a big thing I'm creating for a client of mine. I had to get it done, so I worked on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I don't know anybody. And I belong to a, to a pretty powerful mastermind group uh, with guys that are, you know, really doing, you know, $100 million businesses. And I got to tell you, that, and by the way, we don't have anywhere near that. I just happened to be, they let me into this group, right? And not everybody, <laughs> a lot of people are doing really well in this group. Right. Uh, I don't know anybody who's not working hard. I, I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I don't know anybody who's working hard. And, but they like what they do. I, I think it's such a, a fallacy to, to promote that you don't have to work hard, that you can work an hour or a day and you're going to make a, a gazillion dollars. I, I don't know anybody. Right. Uh, I, literally, I don't know one person who's legitimately doing that. Now, I have friends, big names who are gurus who that's their persona. But I can tell you, they're up at six o'clock in the morning looking at their numbers. Right. That's, that's the truth of it. And maybe that's not the right message to sell stuff, but I would rather deliver a truthful message. So where we make the most of our money is when I go out and speak, right? So I spoke a couple months ago and I sold $278,000 from the stage in an hour. Wow. Uh, so yeah. Now, by the way, I don't get to keep all of that. The promoter keeps half of it, but you know, I don't know what um, other people's hourly rate is, but whatever 278,000 divided by two is divided by an hour. That's a pretty good hourly rate, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I, and I love doing that. That's my favorite thing. And one of our goals is to do a lot more of that, to go out and speak a lot more, not only because we you know we make money in big chunks when we do that, but I love it. I mean, I absolutely, absolutely love it. And the beautiful thing is that Karen comes with me. She only comes to me on like the really cool ones. Like last year we were invited to speak in Italy. And so they flew us out to Italy and all of that. That was super fun. There's over 3000 people and they all had the headsets on. And so to go into the lifestyle part of it. So yeah, so I spoke um, for an hour and a half in Italy. I was actually paid to do that. I, I didn't sell anything. And then Karen and I spent two weeks in Italy, right? So what we'll typically do is if it's somewhere cool where she wants to go, uh, she'll, she'll come with me, uh, which is always helpful because she's really, I'm really great on stage. I'm really not great one-on-one. -on -one. I'm actually an introvert. Um, Interesting. And, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> but Karen is like very charming and everyone likes, so it's so funny. We've got clients that come over and their first thing is, oh, hi, Dave. Hey, is Karen here? I'm not kidding, by the way. <laughs> like, where's Karen? I'm like, you'll see her in a little bit. 
Well, you know, you're coming here to see me, aren't you? Apparently. <laughs> uh, and so, so we have a wonderful life. I mean, we're, again, we're, we're very blessed. Um, you know, I thank God, like literally daily. You know, we get travel. So we travel, I'll speak. And then, you know, we, we don't always spend two weeks there. But if you're going to Italy, hey, why not? And then we'll come back and, and we'll get to work. Because I truly do have a business where yeah. I have a business where I really can. If I have an internet connection in my laptop, I can run my business, right? I can right. do a webinar from anywhere uh, <laughs> as long as there's an internet connection. Right. And, and so I truly do have that business. But with that business, I'm also working, right? I'm working a lot. because uh, So most people when they're, and I don't sell that kind of product, like how to have your own laptop business. But most right. people sell that, they only talk about the first part, uh, what, right. what we uh, the the second part, which is the travel and going to Italy and all of that, they don't talk about. Well, you're you're still working, right? right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you hit on something that I want to make sure that our audience doesn't miss, and and I didn't miss it, and so I'm I'm repeating it to myself so that I you know really implant implant that thought. So you said, uh, and this is for me all the way. You're not good at finance, uh, so you. <laughs> I mean, but but the reality is, you said you're not good at finance, and you were okay with that because you know what you were really good at and you brought in somebody, your wife in this case, to help you with the finances part and it increased your profits. There's a book that I just got done reading by Keith Cunningham and it was the ultimate blueprint for an insanely successful business. If our audience hasn't read that book, it's a phenomenal book because it talks about this very thing. Being sure you understand how to um, put the right people in place to decrease your expenses, increase your profit without having to go and do a big ramp up in your business. Now yeah. selling is something that comes very natural to you and it's a very vital part of your business. So he talks about that a lot. But then you talk about how everybody that you know, whether they're doing a hundred million or 10 million, one million, a hundred, they're working really hard. Yeah. yeah. They're working really hard. Yeah. It, 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 that's the truth. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's for real. yeah, you got to be working on the right stuff, right? So working yeah, right. hard on a, on its own, you got to be working inside of your area of genius. So I'm working now hard in my area of genius. So listen, I can do lead generation, right? But yeah. am I going? So we just hired somebody though to do that, who is like, who's working for us, who's an expert at Facebook marketing. Could I do it? Yeah, but there's so many changes that are yeah. happening. I'm not the best at that. Is that the best use of my time? No, right. best use of my time is creating products, doing yeah. these type of things, which generates leads, obviously. And, and you can't say I can't afford it. By the way, I used to say that mm -hmm. uh, and, until Karen came on. So when Karen came on board, she said, we're gonna hire the best. So she fired our accountant and our bookkeeper because they were not doing a great job, right? And I just kind of let it slide. And she hired someone who, two people who are way more expensive. I'm like, are you crazy? We can't. <laughs> guess what? They paid for themselves. They yeah. paid yeah. for themselves. We upgraded our webmaster. Uh, the guy that we just hired, I would have never hired. I would ne never said we're going to pay him that much a month. Right? Yeah. But you got to hire, you got to hire the best that you can. Now, obviously you can't, right? I'm not going out. I can't go out and hire, steal someone away from Google. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, my wife could talk more about this, but she upgraded our business in everywhere from my look. She says, no, you got to wear custom suits. You're a speaker. Right. Mm -hmm. 
that, yeah. that yeah. part of your thing. And so everything like that in the beginning, I'm like, wow, we're spending more money. No, we were investing money. Yes. Mm. Very good That's point. Good. Very key point. And so to wrap up, I mean, you hit on everything matters. Everything matters to wrap up. I would ask for three nuggets, but like, uh, I don't know if you gave us a dozen. Interview, I don't know if anybody <laughs> else called this interview, but I, I think this thing is filled with golden nuggets left and right. So if you have anything else you want to add, of course, uh, by all means add, but tell them how they can get a hold of you. You also said you had a really a phenomenal gift to share with our audience. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, the best way uh, is, is simply go, is, it's an absolutely free gift. You, you do give your email address, but the gift is free. And you'll also get my daily email. If you don't like it, just unsubscribe, but you'll like it. You're going to want to read it every day. I mean, people like, if I don't send it, I get in, uh, emails from people. So it's <laughs> my seven sales presentation template. It literally goes through step by step by, like literally slide by slide what goes on every single slide in order to create a presentation that's a one-to-many presentation that sells. And so they can go, it's absolutely free. They can go to daved.com uh, slash template. So Dave D and D is spelled D-E-E. So it's davedee.com slash template. Uh, you can also just go to davedee.com. That's my entire website. And you can download the template from there as well. Um, as far as nuggets goes, the, uh, the, the most important thing is to truly understand what your audience wants and desires on the deepest level and mm. craft your presentation around that. It's not about what you want to sell. It's about what they want to buy. So getting inside the mind of your audience, what keeps them awake at night? What do they fear? What are, outcomes are they looking for? And I'll leave you with this huge nugget, which they won't hear anywhere else. Uh, I call it the hierarchy of persuasion. At the lowest level on the hierarchy of persuasion, we have what everyone knows are features. So for example, uh, a feature would be, well, we'll use my template. My, the feature would be is that, hey, you get a PDF template. You, so you download the PDF and it's got slide by slide about what you're going to, what you need to put in every slide. Okay. So the, the feature of that is that it's a, it's a PDF template, right? Right. The benefit of that is, Hey, you're going to know what to put on slides, which is the next level up on the hierarchy of persuasion. All right. Right. Now that's selling one-on-one, but the truth is most people don't move past features. Now that's where almost everyone stops, but there's two levels higher. The higher level from benefits is that of outcomes. Okay, so what is the outcome of all of this? So we'll keep using my template as an example. The outcome is that you're going to be able to put together a one-to-many sales presentation that motivates and inspires people to buy your products and services in mass, right? So that's the outcome. Now, think about just that, the difference between that and the benefit, which was you get to put together, you're going to be able to know how to put together a one-to-many presentation. Or the even lower level than that is you get a PDF template. But outcomes are not the highest level, where almost no one gets to, where the real selling takes place, is at the level of transformation. Mm. Transformation is how, is how am I going to be different? How is this going to impact my entire life? And make, and make my life better. So using the template, again, as an example, lowest level is I've got a template for you. 
The next level is it shows you slide by slide what to put in every slide. Outcome is that you're going to be able to create a one-to-many presentation that'll motivate and inspire people to buy your presentation, uh, to buy your uh, products or services in mass. The highest level is of transformation is by doing this, you're going to be impacting more people's lives. And as a result of that, you're going to be making more money. You're going to have more freedom. You're going to have the life and the business that you truly desire. You're going to make an impact on the world uh, on a greater scale. Do you see the difference between that and I've got a PDF template for you? Yep. Yes. So yep. When you're creating a one-to-many presentation, heck, a one-to-one presentation, you want to get to that level of transformation. Mm. What, how, how is this? What is the, the, the bigger impact on someone, right? Even bigger than just making money making more money yeah. if that's what you're selling. What's the bigger impact? When you get to that, that's when you move the hearts and minds of people. Wow. Mm. Wow. So, uh, again, the seven-figure sales template, uh, it's your guide to one-to-many selling. Go to davedcom forward slash template. And the nugget he just dropped, uh, you know, it, beyond words. I'm just saying beyond <laughs> words. Features, benefits, outcomes, and transformations. Features, yeah. benefits, outcomes, transformations. Just, it's not talked about. I'm just saying, it's not talked about. So thank you so much uh, for taking the time to be with us today, Dave. Oh, man, I had a wonderful time. I'd love to be back on. This is one of my favorite all-time interviews that I've done. So thank you, guys. You guys were masterful. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate we appreciate that. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.